0: Are you ready for the word this morning? Good. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 10. Well, <clears throat> I thought Pastor Gwen was going to start preaching my sermon this morning. She starts talking about how Jesus is the bread of life. I'm thinking, wow, well, that's the Holy Ghost for you give you a little preview of what I'll be talking to you about this morning. We're going to talk about life. Jesus, the life. We're going to talk about eternal life. God's kind of life. Hallelujah. But we're going to start with John chapter 10. We're going to read verses 1 all the way through to and including verse 10. I'm reading from the Amplified here, so it'll take a little bit longer than most other versions. But you'll enjoy it. John 10 verse 1 says this, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, and the Amplified adds in here, elsewhere from some other quarter, is a thief and a robber. So listen to that for a moment, a thief and a robber, okay? And he goes, but he who enters the door, by the door, is the shepherd of the sheep. And, you know, in our modern age, we can understand that. And someone climbs into your house but doesn't come through the door. Well, they're probably there as a thief and a robber, not as a guest of your home, right? Guests come in through the door. Anyone who comes in through another way is most likely not a guest. (laughs) But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, the watchman opens the door for this man and the sheep listen to His voice and heed it. And he calls his own sheep by name and brings or leads them out. And when he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Hallelujah. They will never, on any account, follow a stranger but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers or recognize their call. So he's drawing some distinctions here. He's talking about the thief and the robber and versus the shepherd, right? He's also talking about the stranger's voice versus the voice of the shepherd, right? You see that? All right. Jesus used this parable... Uh, with them, but they did not understand what he was talking about. And I dare say that lack of understanding may continue today. (laughs) Quite often when we hear things like that, we have our own ideas of what they might mean. But we want to hear what the Lord was meaning by what he was saying, yes? And the good news is, is that it does not need to be a mystery to you. God's word never needs to be a mystery to you. It is revealed by the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells on the inside of you. In fact, he has given you the Holy Spirit so that you may know what he's thinking. That alone is a wonderful, a great and wonderful promise. It's a fact. When you think about who can know the thoughts of God, well, the ways of the Lord are just so far above our ways, they're mysterious. We never never know what God's going to do. And people say things like that. And, you know, even we we wonder, what is the Lord thinking? What is he doing? And, And we have questions. And yet the whole time he's given us the Holy Ghost so that we can know his thoughts. And perhaps if we knew the Holy Ghost a little bit better, we'd know his thoughts a little bit better, too. I'll just stand here and smile at you. Hallelujah. All right. So then he goes on to says they didn't understand what he was talking about. So Jesus is going to help them out by explaining the parable, and yet it's still a parable. Interesting how he does that. So Jesus said to them, I assure you most solemnly I tell you that I myself am the door for the sheep. So Jesus is the door for the sheep. All others who came before me are thieves and robbers. Now there's that word again, thieves and robbers. All others that came before Jesus are thieves and robbers. Hmm. Verse 9. Oh, sorry, verse 8. The other half of that. But the sheep did not listen to and obey them. Praise the Lord. That is good news. All us sheep say Amen. 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 Verse 9, Jesus repeats this and says, I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved. Hallelujah. He will come in and will go out and will find pasture. Now, I always thought that was kind of interesting to say it that way. So anyone who enters in through Jesus will be saved. But then what? He entered into the sheep gate, but then he's going in and going out and finding pasture. I was kind of scratching my head. Well, I thought he's only saved if he's in the sheep pen. So why is he going out and coming back in again? I'm just stirring the doctrinal theological pot of your mind. Wait a minute. All right, let's continue on here. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. We've heard that before, yes? And I came that they may have life, or it says here, may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. And you just heard Pastor Ann talking about abundance. It is God's will for you to have abundant life. Hallelujah. So... When Jesus is talking about abundant life, what is he talking about? What does it look like? I can just imagine you flipping through Christian TV and channel through channel, and you hear some preacher get up and say, God wants you to have an abundant life. And you think to yourself, awesome, I can have like a boat and two houses and five cars and, right? Now you can. There's no problem in you having that. And God will provide it for you. But is your life consisting in the abundance of your possessions? No. So although God does want you to be prosperous, the Bible says he gives us everything richly to enjoy. Richly to enjoy. But our life does not consist in the abundance of our possessions. Hallelujah. I know for some that might be a shock already. Just wait a minute. My life does not consist in the abundance of my possessions. How truly do we believe that? How honestly do we believe that? Because if it doesn't consist in in the abundance of our possessions, why does that consume so much of our time trying to get those possessions? Interesting question, yes? The Bible says that we should be following the Lord, or seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to us. It doesn't say seek all these things, and somewhere along the way you'll find heaven. (laughs) Our life does not consist in the abundance of our possessions, and yet Jesus is talking about an abundant life here. So what life is he talking about then? What life is that? If we stand back for a moment to talk about life, we think about the life with the life that we have on this earth, I'm sure you can think of people that have a variety of different ways that they live. Yes? And we can start to describe different socio-economical stratas in which people exist. We can talk about people that are, you know, they, they take their work very seriously. They're always looking to get ahead. They're always thinking about money. They're always thinking about how they can uh, gain more. They're looking at investing in businesses. And you got people thinking about, you know, where family is extremely important to them. And they live for their family. They lay down their lives for their family. And we can think about all these different ways that people live everything from people living as criminals to people living as judges. We can, there are people that live in all different forms of social strata in life and have different ways of living. And you know why? Because they believe something. They believe something about life. And usually, what that is, is that I better do everything I can to get all that I can while I can. I better do everything I can to get all I can while I can. Because the idea is, is that, well, you never know what's gonna happen next. You never know what's gonna happen in life. You never know. So, we gotta do everything that we can to get everything that we might want in life because that's what this life is all about the philosophies of this world all center around you getting what you want and maybe if you can't get what you want at least you can get what you need to survive and so there's a lot of part a lot of parts of the world where survival is the main key I got to do everything I can just to survive every day. I might have to walk 10 miles to the well to draw water out of the well to bring it back to my family because I don't know if I can go to that well tomorrow because war might erupt in my country. And people live in different places like that and they still think about what is my life all about? And when we look at the natural world and what's going on around us, we tend to think towards well, life is about buying a house building house, living in a house, having family over, uh, helping your family. And we, we build lives around what it is that we want because of what we believe is valuable. We do all sorts of things like that. That's how we live every day. Where will I find clothes? Where will I find shelter? Where will I, where will I find food? And maybe I'll have an abundance of that. And maybe I'll big build a big storehouse for all of my things. Because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. There might be another pandemic. People hoard toilet paper because they just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we've already seen that last year, didn't we not? Why? Because we don't know what's going to happen to our lives. So concerned about our lives. And somehow we have this false security that our possessions and our position in life provides us the security that we're going to be okay. And we think that's what life is all about. So we read this verse and we say, well, Jesus is going to give me abundant life. That means I'm going to be secure and safe in all that I do. That means I'm going to prosper in all that I do. That means I never have to worry again. And to a degree, that is true. He will do all those things. But is that the life that he's talking about? Is that the life he's talking about? In the world, there are many philosophies about how to achieve Full satisfaction in life. What is the meaning of life? And people have a lot of philosophies out there. There's a lot of religions that are based around that. Grasp for something more than what I have right now. Because people begin to realize once their lives are full, or maybe even they realize when it's empty, that my life does not consist in the abundance of my things. So they look for something. They're looking for something more than what they can see or feel or touch or grasp with their hand or enjoy for a moment, because all the pleasures of this world are but for a moment, and then they're gone, and then they're going to need to go out and get some more if they want some more of that, but for a moment, fleeting and temporary, but for a moment. And there's lots of religions and philosophies of life out there built around trying to obtain something greater than what we have here. Because we recognize this is temporary. It's only going to last for a little while, then it's all going to be ashes. Right? Hallelujah. So there's a lot of voices out there in the world that say, if you live this way, you can have more. If you live that way, you can have those things that you really want. If you follow me, I will show you the way, and you can have your best life now. And we have people that stand up and, and talk about, you know, nine things to do to secure your financial freedom. And people that stand up and talk to you about, you know, this is how you can live in such a way that you can if you meditate and focus on what you want then it will come to you like magic and we have people that stand up and talk about you know if if you serve this god or that god or this other god then they'll protect you they'll keep like like the mafia like you know protection money and there's a lot of other religions out there like that that talk about different things and unfortunately Sometimes Christianity's put forth the same way. Well, you know, I, well, if you're sick or you're broke or you're in need of something, well, Jesus will do that for you. And that is true. But when the l- purpose is self-seeking, how can I build my life? It's short-lived and temporary. And that's not the life that he is looking for to give you. Amen. It's not that temporary life. Yeah. See, all those other voices out there are the voice of the stranger. And the voice of the stranger, sheep, Jesus' sheep, sheep of the shepherd, they don't follow that voice. We don't follow the world's voice on how to obtain a life beyond what we have here and now. We don't follow that voice. That's not the voice. You know why? Because that same voice is the voice of the thief and the voice of the robber. So here's the thing. Jesus said, if you enter in through the door, you will be saved. You will have life and life abundantly. Now, what does a thief and a robber do? Steal, kill, destroy. What what are they stealing? Okay, they're stealing your good stuff. But let me tell you this. If it belonged to them, they wouldn't be a thief and a robber. If it belonged to them, they wouldn't be a thief and a robber. It would be theirs they're thieves and robbers because it doesn't belong to them and the life that jesus is talking about here eternal life doesn't belong to the world so the world in its ways acts as a thief and a robber trying to steal the life that only belongs through jesus that's only attainable through Jesus Christ. And you may be thinking to yourself, I need to get saved all over again. The world has ways about it, voices that act as thieves and robbers because it's trying to obtain a life that does not belong to it. In the Garden of Eden, they had life and life abundantly until Adam decided to go a different way by listening to the voice of a stranger. And when he went the other way, he wanted to get a hold of something that he thought he didn't have. And when he did, it caused a separation from the source of life. It caused death to enter the world. Now, Adam himself physically was alive for another, what, 900 years or so, but he was separated from the source of life, and that is spiritual death. And death came into into existence, and the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, in chapter 4 and 5, that the death reigned over all of mankind through one man's sin. That death reigned over man, it's separation from that quality of life that belongs only to God. God himself is our life source. Hallelujah. He is the source of all life. But sin had separated man from that life source, the source of all life. And in being separated, now he's got this emptiness on the inside of him that he's looking for to try to fill that void. And so he's looking to the pleasures of the flesh. He's looking to power and authority and position. He's looking to natural, temporary Material things to try to satisfy what can only be satisfied through God alone. That life belongs only to God. It belongs to no other. That quality of life is only His and belongs to no other, unless you belong to Him. So Jesus is telling us, I am the door into that life. And there are a lot of believers that once they get born again, They come into it from a place of, I got born again, I'm saved, and salvation just means I'm going to heaven and that God will help me out once in a while down here. And unfortunately, we fall short of the life that God has for us because we belong to him. We fall short of that life that we have in Christ Jesus. Part of the reason is because mentally, we've been geared through this world to look for other things instead of looking for him. You know, when people think about relaxing and having some peace, a lot of people think that means, okay, well, I've got, you know, four weeks of vacation this year, so I'm going to try to go to Bali. Because then I'll have, you know, then I can just really unwind on the beach for four weeks and, and no one bother me and just enjoy the sunshine. And, you know, I can go for a swim and, you know, I'm relaxing. I'm at rest. Let me tell you, God will help you and give you a good vacation if that's what you're asking him for. But Jesus didn't go to the cross so that you can go to Bali. (laughs) What he went to the cross for is to resurrect your dead spirit so that you can have resurrection and life here and now. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. But you see, that's, that is a quality to a lot of people that seems immaterial, invisible. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. And yet, if you're a Christian, that lives on the inside of you. At least it's down in on the inside of you the whole time. Let me tell you, as a believer, your search is over. As a believer, your search is over. Hallelujah glory to God the things that you're looking for in life guess what you've got it it's already there hallelujah hallelujah let's we're gonna we were in John and although the wind has picked up and blew my Bible to pages over an axe let's go back to John and look at John 4 for a moment 4 and verse 14 Now, this is the story of Jesus at the well, talking to a Samaritan woman. And so what's been happening here is Jesus said, give me a drink. She says to him, basically, well, um, she's asking him, like, you know, you have got nothing to draw with. He's talking about giving her living water. And so the story goes on to hear saying in 13, Jesus answered and saying, all who drink of this water will be thirsty again. So he's talking about the physical water. They're going to the well to draw water out in the heat of the day so that they can be satiated with water, right? That's the whole purpose of getting water. And in that, they have to draw water every day on a regular basis. They got to work for it right? Jesus is saying, all who, are, who drink of this water, physical water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. And that's a wonderful promise. I know we sing songs sometimes, like, Lord, I'm hungry for you, I'm thirsty for you. And and I understand we're trying to express a desire for God that only He can satisfy, and that's a good thing. But the fact of the matter is, is that as a believer, you shouldn't be thirsty at all. As a believer, unless Jesus made a mistake here, He said, the water that I give Him shall never, no, never, you will never be thirsty again. In your life as a believer... Do you find yourself in that place where you think, I'm missing something? I, I just I just need something. I, I go through my routine. I go through my day. I do what I need to do. But I, something's missing in me. As a believer, honestly, I know there are times where where Christians go through that experience or that feeling. They feel like they're in a dry desert place. Oh, I'm just in the valley, brother is going through the valley. Well, God's in the valley. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He is there with you in the valley. Then why are we saying things like, I'm just going through the valley. I'm just, just dry today, bro. I'm just dry spiritually. We shouldn't be saying things like that as believers. Either that or Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. There is no dry place in the life of a believer. it, And as I say that, we have little sprinkles of rain coming down. Hallelujah. We, there is no dry place in the life of a believer. Sometimes we have feelings that way. We have an experience that way. It just seems like, you know, I got busy with stuff and God's far away and I just don't feel the same way. I need to put on a good worship CD or something like that and charge myself up till I feel like it again. And then you put on your worship CD and you're praising God and somehow, ah, it's just not doing it today. I'll try a different one. You put on a different worship CD and, and you're listening and all oh, that kind of does it. But now your time's around, you got to go do something. So then you think, you know, well, I do you know, I'm busy and you get through your life, your life in the things that you're doing. And then the next thing you know, it's been a little bit late. So you're going to pray, but now you only got 15 minutes before you really got to get to bed because you got to get up early tomorrow. So then you go and you pray and you got 15 minutes and you pray. And it's kind of like a, you know, you, it's a machine gun prayer because you just you got to hit everything to make sure everything's okay. And it usually starts with God. I'm sorry. I was really busy today. You know, uh, I meant to talk to you more, but you know, I just got occupied with other things, but I got 15 minutes. So, um, uh, just want to you know, thank you for this and thank you for that and bless so-and-so and bless so-and-so and bless me and help me tomorrow. And I thank you for taking that from my kid. I got a bit of a sniffle. Please help me. And thank you, Lord. Good night. Give me good sleep. I'll see you in the morning. And your 15 minutes is gone and you get up in the morning and do it all over again the next day. And then after a week or two of that, you're like, why am I so dry inside? Why am I so dry? Hallelujah. I better go to the well and draw some more water because I'm feeling dry better go to the well and draw some more water again because i'm feeling dry today spiritually i'll pray an extra five minutes and draw well from that water so i don't feel so dry today (laughs) hallelujah well let's keep on reading here i'll let you think about that for a moment Hallelujah. So let's read this here. It says, But whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never, be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water welling up within him unto an abundance of possessions. (laughs) No, that's not what that says. What does it say? It says welling up unto... Life, eternal life, hallelujah. Glory to God, eternal life. But look at what it says here. Jesus doesn't just give you a cup of water today and then you got to come back and get a cup tomorrow because you ran dry. The water he gives you shall become a spring of water. Oh, hallelujah. It would be like this. Let's talk about money for a second. Let's talk about that. If we were to draw a comparison, an analogy that corresponds to our natural things, it would be like if I gave you 10 bucks and said, Here, buy yourself a lunch. Well, it's almost like 15 bucks today, but you know, here's 10 bucks, here's 20 bucks, buy yourself a lunch, and you go, Thanks. And then tomorrow you got to come back and ask me for another 10, 20 bucks because you need lunch again. But what Jesus is talking about here is he's saying, I give you this 10 or 20 bucks, but it becomes a bank. And you'll never need for money again. So I give you 10 or 20 bucks and you go, thanks. And then you come and ask me again tomorrow. But Jesus gives you the bank. Hallelujah. And you never have to ask again because you are fully supplied, you have an abundance. You're not even thinking about the price when you go for lunch. You're ordering what you want. Now, what you want might not be healthy for you. (laughs) Hallelujah. But you get to order what you like. You're not thinking about your grocery budget when you go to Costco. Because you're thinking about, I've got bank. I've got an abundance. I've got more than enough. So I can get what I need for my house and then some. Now we th- we understand that in terms of money, which is partly the reason why Jesus taught using the analogy of money a lot, because that makes sense to us. But what he's talking about here is something more than physical things. He's talking about life and life more abundantly. He's talking about the source of life. He's talking about eternal life, life that doesn't wear out, that doesn't fade, that doesn't fail, that is not temporary, is eternal eternal lasting and of a high quality like you heard Ann talk about this morning. And he's talking about the source of life, not just the effects thereof. He's not talking about an abundance of possessions. He's talking about that quality that only comes from God alone. He's saying that life you have, and that water of life is on the inside of you, and it springs up eternally. As believers, we have an eternal source of life on the inside. Hallelujah. You're born again. Spirit is alive unto God, has been resurrected from the dead and has an attachment to life, praise God. Love and joy and peace and patience. You don't need to go to Bali for four weeks to have peace of mind, hallelujah. You've got the peace of God in your spirit, glory to God, and it can rise up on the inside of you. It can spring up like that spring of water, that spring of life and rise up on the inside of you, every single day. You don't have to go back once again. You don't have to put on your favorite CD just to have an experience. You don't have to do any of those things and go and draw water every day because the wellspring is on the inside. Glory to God. Now that's a reason to shout. That's a reason to rejoice. Praise God. Hallelujah. He didn't just a little dabble, do you? He poured it in abundantly, praise God. All right. I think you're getting this. I think you're getting this. It springs up on its own. It springs up on its own, praise God. You don't have to work it. That's right. As Christians, as believers... You don't have to work it. You don't have to go and draw from that well every day. I got to say my prayers. I got to read my scripture. I got to try to be good to everybody. I got to not get upset. I got to, I got to, I got to, no. You have a wellspring, praise God, that rises up on the inside of you just because you had faith in Jesus Christ. He did all that work. He did all the stuff. Do you believe him enough? Is he your peace? Is he the strength of your life? Is he your joy? Is he all of those things? Because he said, I am the bread of life. We can partake of him every day. Well, Well, how do I do that? You do that by believing his words, praise God. You do that by putting your trust in someone who you cannot see with your physical eyes, but you see with the eyes of your heart. You do that by obeying and following the voice of the Good Shepherd who leads you in this kind of life that is like no other kind of life, praise God. He is the one. When the disciples, when they got released from prison by that angel, hallelujah, they got put in prison right at the very beginning, and we're going to stand in front of the Sanhedrin there. But what happened is in the middle of the night, the angel came and unlocked the gate and said, you come on out, go into the temple courts and preach all the words of this life. Hallelujah. Because this life is like no other life. Hallelujah. It is superior in every way. It is abundant and superior and greater and more victorious in every single way. Hallelujah this life that we have because of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus, who has made this way open to us. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, praise God. That's who he is. That's who he is to you and I. And you think, well, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? It's very, very simple. It is to put your trust in him, to believe believe his words and put your trust in him. It doesn't matter where you're at today. It doesn't matter what has been going on in your life. Hallelujah. What matters is, is that you have access because you have gone through that door. If you want to experience that life on a regular basis, you need to know for certain that you have crossed the threshold, that you are one of his sheep, that you have gone through the door and that you belong to him. And I can tell you, because he is the good shepherd, at this very moment, he is endeavoring to lead you in this life. He is endeavoring to lead you from the inside, praise God. The voice of the good shepherd and you being the sheep, you know his voice. The voice of a stranger. We don't look to the world to find out how to live. We don't look to the world to find out how to live. They don't know this life. They don't know what it's like to have peace when you lie down, put your head on the pillow at night. They don't know what it's like to wake up in the morning and have that same peace right there. They don't know what it's like to have a confidence that no matter what goes on around me, Jesus will take care of me. They don't have that security. They buy life insurance. (laughs) I'm not against life insurance. I'm against putting your trust in life insurance instead of Jesus but not against life insurance. Jesus is that assurance of eternal life. Hallelujah. You've got that guarantee. Hallelujah. His word is the policy. Glory to God. And you can cash in anytime. Glory be to God. You think, Well, I got to die to get that policy. Guess what you did? When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, the old you died. Glory to God. Now you've got a new life and you get all the benefits of the book. All those benefits are yours. They belong to you. And that life is what he ministers to you every day. Wherever you are at in your life today, he is speaking to your heart. He is saying, my son, my daughter, I am leading you. I am directing your life. I am the good shepherd. I know the way. Follow my voice. Follow me. Put your trust in me and I will steer you. He steers you from the inside, glory to God. You don't need a fleece to find out whether or not it's the will of the Lord. Well, if all the circumstances measure up, it must be God. Meanwhile, the Holy Ghost lives in you, and he's there going, Hello, hi, I'm here, I'm leading you. Well, if it happens, it must be God. If it doesn't happen, that's not him. That's not a chapter or a verse in your Bible. He is the one that leads you from the inside, and he leads you in his kind of life. So what is this life that I'm talking about? This eternal life is the life that God lives. I think he lives pretty good, don't you? It is God's way of living, his life, life as God knows it. You think he knows something about living, the source of all life? I think he knows something about living. His life is righteous, it's holy, it's good, it's compassionate, it's patient, it's full of peace and joy. All sorts of goodness and greatness with authority and power and strength with honor and dignity, God's kind of life. And we know, you know how we know what that life is? Because Jesus appeared and revealed the life to us. Hallelujah. Jesus was made manifest and showed us what God's life is like. We can take a look at the picture of Jesus' life in these in these volumes of the book and find out exactly what God's life is like. How... God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. That's what the life of God looks like. I never saw in the Gospels anywhere where Jesus had a bad day and was off alone crying somewhere because people were talking mean about him. Never saw that. I never saw where he was just having a low day and just thought, you know, I'm just ah, just not feeling it today and asking his disciples to cheer him up a little bit. Hey, did did I preach good last time? I don't know. They picked up rocks. I thought they were going to stone me, but did I was that good? I thought it was pretty good. It seemed good when I got up there. I don't know. He never had a down day. He never had a day where he's like, you know, well, my, my, I'm having family troubles. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, they just don't seem to be understanding what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to do the work of God, but you know, they don't really understand. In fact, he said, who are my mother and my brothers? <laughs> Those who do the work of the Lord. He didn't seem to have a, a family issue there. He walked through life in such a way as God himself. He says, I do only the things that I see my father do. I say only the things I hear him say. And he illustrated, he showed, he demonstrated he is the life of God to us, revealed to you and I. But guess what? He put that life in you. He put that very life in you, praise God. The same love that's in Jesus is the same love that's in you. The same patience that's in Jesus is the same patience that's in you. The same compassion, the same understanding, the same forgiveness that's in Jesus is in you. The same wisdom that is in Jesus is in you. Hallelujah. All good things, that life, the Father did not withhold from us in any way. He has freely and abundantly given us that life. And you and I have it here and now, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. All right, I'll give you one more scripture. If I can open my phone. There we go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, so many good verses. I'm going to quote one to you quickly and then I'm going to turn you to John 17:3. So, we're in John, stay in John. John 17:3. But I'm going to quote to you for a moment from 1 John 5:11 through 13. Actually, I'll turn there. You stay in John 17. 1 John 5, I'm going to read from uh, 11, 12, and 13. You're in John 17, so just one moment, I'll be with you. It says this, and this is the testimony. This is that testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. doesn't just mean that I'm going to heaven when I die. It means I can live the way God does here and now. Hallelujah. That is good news, praise God. He who possesses the Son has that life we're not thieves and robbers praise god we entered through the door we possess that life praise god the thief and the robber doesn't own that they try to steal it some other way they try to climb in some other way but as believers we have that life we possess that life he who possesses the son has that life he who does not possess the son of god does not have that life hallelujah I write this to you who believe in, in, uh, sorry, I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that's us, so that you may know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life, yes, eternal life. You have that God kind of life on the inside of you, here and now. You say, well, I don't feel it. It doesn't seem like it. I don't, I don't. I don't know, I'm I'm experiencing all these other things. But the Bible is true. Regardless of how we feel, the Bible is always true. And if you've got the Son, do I have believers in our midst here that say, I have the Son? Yes, I have the Son. Then you have that life, that God kind of life, praise God. All right, so you're in John 17. Let's go to verse... Two, three, three. Hallelujah. Verse three. And this is eternal life to know. It says to perceive, recognize, become acquainted with, and understand you. So this is Jesus praying to the Father. And he says, This is eternal life to know you, the only true and real God and to know Him, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, knowing God and knowing the Son, Jesus Christ. That is eternal life. It comes through no other It doesn't come through your efforts. It doesn't come through you trying really hard. It doesn't come from you grabbing all, get what you can while you can. It doesn't come that way. It comes through knowing Him. It comes through believing in Him. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, your present-day experience of that life, which lives in you, you can have by getting to know the Father more, by getting to know the Son more, by getting to know Him, by fellowshiping with Him, by talking to Him, by trusting in Him. That life begins to grow and develop in you, and you get to taste and see that the Lord is good. You get to taste and see and experience the the way that God lives, God's life, hallelujah, it doesn't wear out, it doesn't fade, it doesn't change. You have that as a source on the inside. And it will bubble up and spring up all on its own, praise God. And you'll be walking around one day and you'll be like, I haven't been depressed in three weeks and I didn't realize it until just now. You'll be walking around and realize, why am I so happy this morning? It's like the world's falling apart and is on fire, but I have joy in my heart, praise God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. You go to work and everyone's in a panic because the servers went down, and you're just smiling. And they're looking at you like you don't know anything. But you know what? It's because you know something. And you know the someone, hallelujah. That's why you smile him. Hallelujah, praise God. You know that, well, I haven't been able to get to my work for three days because we had a problem in our, and now I'm behind on my deadline. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's what the world says. What you say is, my God, is greater. I will prosper. I will fulfill my duties, praise God, because life is in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can walk into any situation and know that God lives on the inside of you, and his life, praise God, is greater than any calamity going around. Hallelujah. His life is greater than any sickness or disease that tries to attach itself to your body. His life is greater, and his life lives on the inside of you. And you can know it. You can experience it. You can walk in it every day. He is not withholding that in any way. Hallelujah. That life bubbles up within you. Praise God. Spring up, a oh well, within my soul. Spring up within my soul. Make me whole, glory to God. Hallelujah and give to me that life eternally. Hallelujah. Oh, I like that song. I think I learned it as a kid, and every once in a while, it just springs up on the inside of me. What a wonderful, wonderful song, full of truth, full of grace and truth, praise God. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Glory to God. Spring up, oh well, and give unto me that life eternally, praise God. It's that same river of life flowing out of you that makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, praise God. You know it. I've got a river of life flowing out. You know why I'm not singing? Because that won't bless you. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'll say it, but singing it won't bless you So. I got a river of life flowing out of me that makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, praise God. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. The resurrected Lord of glory seated at the right hand of God. And because he is, he poured out the Holy Ghost and that river of life for all who believe in him flows out of you towards others. You are not lacking and neither is anyone around you as long as that river river, flow out of you and touch their lives. Someone sick, well, I've got an answer for that. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Someone depressed, well, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Someone who can't see the truth, well, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know how preachers say I can't find the door? Well I hope they don't talk about Jesus that way because he is the door. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W 3B1.